0: The Lord, and uh, so one of the things that we've looked at in the past, the first Sunday, we looked at that God wants us to move from struggling to surplus. The second week, which would have been before last Sunday, we move from death to destiny. And this week, we're looking at it's time to move from panic to peace. Well, maybe that's something that needed to be said quite a while ago. Huh. During the pandemic. It's time to move from panic to peace. It's time to move from fear to faith. That's what our story today, our passage of scripture is about. Now, I don't know of any of you, I'm thinking about different fears, especially as we're looking at this passage. Now, when we did look at it before, we were looking at it through Mark's gospel, and it doesn't have this part about Peter. Today, the emphasis, we were going through the gospel of Mark, we looked at Uh, this whole, remember we did the service with the children, and talk about Jesus calming the storm. Well, this is now from Matthew's gospel, and here we see Peter uh, in this story. So it will be a little bit different than what we did. And so, you know, uh, anyone here have fear of water? Aquaphobia. Nobody. Anyone being honest? Fear of swimming, not fear of water. I knew it, Kenny. (laughs) yeah Mike Pastor Mike said, Fear of swimming, not fear of water right and and so i I pick on him today because I tell him I'm going to tell a story of what uh we experienced together. I didn't give you permission. well I'm getting him to it anyway. <laughs> I order to ask for forgiveness <laughs> but, but uh I have my fears, too, which he could tell some stories. And he'll have his right to tell the stories. He's got a funny one about me and spiders. But anyway, you can ask him about that later. Anyway, uh, we were visiting my dad in Ottawa. I, I've always loved the water and swimming. I don't do it as much as I should. Uh, and, and when my, my cousins were younger, I taught a lot of them how to swim because I realized the biggest issue with swimming is fear of yeah. water. So if you can get people past the fear, then usually they can learn how to swim. So I always said to Pastor Mike, "Let me teach you how to swim." Let me. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Thank you very much. Pastor Mike had a very negative experience late earlier in his life, and that can affect your fear of water. That happens to people. And uh, we were visiting my dad in Ottawa, and my dad had this beautiful pool, in-ground pool in the backyard, huge, beautiful. And so it was warm, and we decided to get in the pool, and Pastor Mike writes to get about to here. Even there, that's a bit like four here. And so I'm in the deep end, swimming around, and I'm like, well, after all these years of marriage, right, don't you trust me now, kind of thing? And so I said, let me show you. It's so simple. And I got my dad's flutterboard, and I was kicking my feet and showing him. You just hold on to the flutterboard, your feet will go up, and you can start kicking and swimming. It's that simple. No, it's not. <laughs> so Pastor Mike was in the shallow end, and lo and behold, he was swimming. And I'm amazed because he's holding on to that flutterboard. And he's swimming, and he's going around, and I'm thinking, look at this, this is amazing. Now we can go to the pool together, we can start swimming together, all this wonderful stuff. And lo and behold, he starts kicking the board, and I'm getting a little bit worried, because he does it right into the deep end. Then all of a sudden, he's holding the board in two pieces. <laughs> he was so fearful that he was so stiff. You know those flutter boards, he snapped it in two. And all I could see is him going under and the two pieces of flutterboards, <laughs> and the hands up. In the I box. was rescued. I hadn't even- Yeah. And so I was able to rescue him <laughs> and get him to safety, but we've never tried that again. It's never happened again. Fears, you know, we're, we're talking, we're making it funny. It was real, very real that day. And we all have our fears, and you know, fear has a way of taking over on us, right? When, when we have a fear and it's around, that's all we can focus on, that's all we see, that's all we hear. And, and so we can see that. There are those who feel frightened about many things today. There's the fear of losing a loved one, the fear in the face of the unknown, uh, a shaky economy as the prices seem to be going up, and there's a lot of fear if we don't know what's coming around the corner for us, fear of illness and the haunting fear of death, and the fear of a pandemic. We've seen and heard a lot about fears. And so today we see this passage in Matthew 14, 22-23, and the disciples now are encountering, encountering a physical storm, a real physical storm. They were crossing the Sea of Galilee, which should have taken them about two hours. It's a two-hour trip on a nice day. But unfortunately, a storm whipped up, and now it's nine hours that they have been rowing and trying to, To get to the other side. It is now dark. It is now actually 3 a.m. in the morning, and they're still rowing and they're still trying to get to the other side. They're at the place now where they're terrified. They actually believe, I'm doomed, we're done, we're going under. It's, It's finished. And so we see that they're now paralyzed by fear. Christ is not in the boat. And because of that, they're fearful that we're going to drown. We can't even call upon the Lord at this situation. And so this fear grips them. But you know, I want to tell you today, fear can often grip us. But I even read this recently where Paul speaks to his understudy, uh, Timothy, in Second Timothy. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's what God has done for us. And so I want to challenge you today, what are your fears today? What are those fears that can often grip you? Today, it's time for us to move from fears to faith. It's time for us to move from panic to calm, panic to peace, his peace. Now you've got to hear me right. His peace doesn't mean that everything all of a sudden, today when you leave church, it's all fine, it disappears. But you can have his peace even in the midst of the storms of life that he can give that to you. This story comes right after the feeding of the 5,000, and Jesus sent the disciples away in the boat to the other side of the Sea of Galilee because he wanted to spend some time in prayer. He wanted to take some time and rest. He wanted to go get away with the Lord. And so Jesus goes up the mountain to pray, but before he does that, he sends the disciples across. Then he sends the crowd away. Why does he do that? Because what was happening was the crowds were so great after the feeding of the 5,000 and people had seen this miracle that they now wanted to inaugurate him as king. Very problematic. Because we know that if they did that or even tried to do that, the, Roman, uh, the Romans would not allow that. That would cause a major problem. That would cause a major problem for the disciples. It would become dangerous and for the disciples, so he sends them off, and he sends the crowd away, and he goes up to the mountain to pray. Now, I want to say something. It has nothing to do with this message. We live in a day where people believe that if if, if you're going to follow Jesus, it's just about miracle after miracle after miracle. And it just keeps getting better and better, and we should push more, and we should do the big, and it should be the big. And this shows us the opposite, because even when the people wanted to inaugurate him and make him king there... He dismissed the crowds, and Jesus went away to pray. Goes counterculture to what we see in our world. Our world thinks it's got to be the big. Jesus had the big around them. All the crowds were there, but he knew it was not God's timing, and their idea of kingdom was not his, and his kingdom would mean that he would have to die on a cruel cross, and so he sends them away. It says in this passage that the winds were contrary to them. (laughs) Oh, joy. Have you ever been there when the winds are contrary to you? (laughs) Storms are impartial, my friends. They are not selective. They come to the rich and the poor, men and women, and storms do not care whether or not you are doing what you were called to do or not. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this storm. And in the midst of these nine hours and they're working hard and they think they're going to die, then all of a sudden somebody comes walking towards them across the waves. They were already frightened. And now they see this figure coming towards them on the waves. And now they're terrorized because they're thinking, oh no, we've seen a ghost. We're really going to die now. Because here we are, where we think this is our last day on earth, we think this is it, we're we're going down, the ship is going down, and now a ghost is coming for us. (laughs) And so we're we're done. (laughs) And so they're in a panic. See, because they were in a panic, they couldn't recognize Jesus. Man, there's a message right there. Because they were under fear and panic, they couldn't recognize Jesus. Walking towards them, and so they assume it is a ghost. I want to tell you today that Jesus is present, Jesus is present in the midst of our storms. All of a sudden, a voice, a familiar voice, shouted out, It is I, don't be afraid. Powerful, don't be afraid. And so Jesus gave them the assurance of his presence. I want to tell you something today. In the storms of life, you can go through any storm if you know and have his presence. Somehow his presence lets us know it's all going to be okay. He is with us. We're not alone. And sometimes I would be often you know, I, I, I joke about it and I, I have it in my other office at home but I've shared it before I have one of those wands you know, like the wand that a princess uses and I said often, you know people think for us as pastors our role is just to wave the wand princess wand and let me just put some foo-foo dust on you and all your problems will go away well, that's not life and I don't even have that power as a pastor But I'll tell you one thing I can pray for you that's very, very powerful is the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And that you will know that He is present. Mm -hmm. And yes, I pray that the struggles and the difficulties and the issues and the pain, I do pray for you. And I do pray that God would just take it. But sometimes He doesn't. But what He gives us is something so much better. And that is the presence. And I don't know what storm you're going through today. But I pray for God's presence for you in the midst of the storm. Now, Peter is all stirred up, and he requests permission to join Jesus. But see, Peter, Peter's not asking to join Jesus out on the water because he loves Jesus. Now, he does, but he begins to realize it is better to be out on the water with Jesus than to be in the boat with him <laughs> and sink it. I've tried that for nine hours. I don't want to be in the boat anymore with them. And ready, I want to be where Jesus is. So he says, Lord, bid me to come to you. And it's so beautiful because Jesus says to him, what does he say? Come, come Peter, come, come out on the waters. And actually the original word means more a command now. It's not just an invitation. Jesus is commanding Peter to come and walk on the water. Do you hear me now? I'm talking to the few fishermen that are even here. (laughs) Peter's a fisherman. Peter's a professional fisherman. What would be his worst fears? Exactly. The waves, the storm, those he knows the ones who have never come home. He remembers the stories where so many boats went out in the morning and then all of a sudden when those terrible storms that would come on the Sea of Galilee, people would not return. And so Peter's worst fear is to step. Now remember, is this a storm? Isn't that nice? You know, I've seen some people do pictures of this and they make it look like the, you know, the waters are so perfect. This is a storm, right? They're fearful of death. And Peter walks out on his worst fears. You hear me? You get it? With Jesus commanding him to come, Peter walks out on his worst fears. And he begins to walk towards Jesus.
1: He does
0: the impossible. God calls him to come. Peter steps out while the rest of them are happy to sit on the sidelines and watch. Peter steps out and he begins to walk on water. He begins to do the impossible. But you know what happens? This message almost preaches itself. (laughs) Because it says, when he saw the... When he got his eyes again on the storm. When he got his eyes again on those things that caused him to panic. When he got his eyes again on those things that caused him so much fear. And he got his eyes off Jesus. Fear and panic, my friends, has the power to do that if you allow it. Fear and panic has the power for you to remove your eyes off Jesus and look at those things. Now... I want to tell you something as a pastor. I know we've been through this pandemic, and I pray we're coming out the other end of it. Praise God. But I want to say to you, you can't focus on two things. That's really brilliant, isn't it? You have to focus on one thing. It is singular. If I said to you as a farmer, like years ago, they would plow and they would have to focus on the end of the field. They'd have to focus on that one thing. My stepdad would tell me to make the straight line. Now you guys got computerized. You push a button. But you'd have to focus on that one thing. The moment that the farmer looks somewhere else, what happened to your line of potatoes? <laughs> They wouldn't be too straight. And I know a lot of people take a lot of pride in how straight the roads are. Focus, when you focus, a focus actually means one singular thing. So what I'm saying to you this morning, you cannot focus on fears, terror, panic, and still be focusing on Jesus. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. It is not possible. Now, we can have worries and concerns. Hear me right. We're allowed to have worries and concerns. More concerns than worries because Jesus says in Matthew 6 that if any of us worry, right, we're not to worry. But we can have concerns. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about fears and panic. So I want to say to you that what I've seen... In a pandemic, when you're talking about all the things that could go wrong, when you're saying about all those terrible things, and that's what you're looking at, and fear is driving you, I would say to you, if this is true, then you're not focusing on Jesus. Now that's a hard statement. Because you can't focus on two things. You cannot be full of fear and panic. And be focusing on Jesus. And so we can see in this situation, Peter was doing the impossible with Jesus. But the moment he got his eyes off Jesus, what happened? He began to sink. And the truth for all of us, the moment we get our eyes off Jesus, we begin to sink. And I know it personally. What winds? what fears, what panics are you facing today that is causing you to get your eyes off Jesus and you are now looking at other things? And so the lesson is quite simple. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We just said, I speak the name of Jesus, just even the name of Jesus. I know there's times in my own life I couldn't even pray, but what I could say was, Jesus. It was all I needed because I was focusing on him. I just spoke Jesus again. Sometimes we want to pray for our loved ones, and we don't even know how to pray anymore. We've been knocking and seeking and asking and knocking, and we're still not seeing that answer to prayer. And sometimes all we can do is just say, Jesus. Jesus. Because in that moment it focuses, my focus is off all the issues with my kids and my grandkids or my neighbors or whatever. And now I'm focusing onto the solution. And his name is Jesus. And I'm praying him to move in their lives and that they would see him and know his presence. Peter comes out on the water. You know, we look at this and we say, uh, he's sinking, and then all of a sudden he says, Lord, save me. Now, some of us who are logical thinkers would say if we were like the 11 in the boat, well, why did you go and do that anyway, Peter? There he goes again. What a fool stepped out of the boat, went walking on water, now he's sinking. Look at him, look at him. Do you see the other eleven in the boat watching this going on? And so Peter, I think Peter, went out on the water because he knew his voice. I think Peter heard his voice. I I think Peter heard the voice that said, don't be afraid. I I think Peter was listening to the voice that said, come, 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 come on out. I command you to come. And, and, and I think because he knew his voice, he trusted him, and he stepped out on the water. Do you remember at the end there where Peter has messed up, where he's let the Lord down, and the Lord cooks the first men's breakfast, and it's actually fish. So it's a good salt fish breakfast. And, and so he calls them out, and he's out on the shore, and they weren't catching any fish. Because they weren't doing what God had called them to do. And now all of a sudden Jesus is there and he says, put your net down on the other side. And they go and the net is full. And and Peter knows. He says, it's the Lord. And Peter gets in the water and he swims to shore. Because he knew his voice. Jesus tells us in John that my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Peter is bold, yes. And because of his boldness, he's willing to step out because the other 11 weren't. But Peter is also humble because Peter says in the midst of the mess, Lord, save me. I mean, that's basically what all of us have had to do in that place of salvation. We have had to come to a place where we realize we are sinking deep in sin, as some of the great hymns say, right? That we are in a mess. And so we reach out to the Lord and we say... In humility and vulnerability, Lord, save me. And so it's also the message, any time we get our eyes off Jesus, anytime time fears and panic begin to take over, if we want to move from panic into peace, this is the key. Lord, save me. Save me. I'm sinking. I'm drowning. This is coming and taking over me. I love what Psalm 34 says. The righteous cry out to the Lord, and the Lord hears him. He delivers them from all of their troubles. You know what's so beautiful in this passage? The moment that Peter, in humility and vulnerability, says, Lord, save me, it says immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and saved him. That's all the Lord was waiting to hear. Praise God, Peter moved from panic to his peace. And I want to tell you today, so can you. There's just a few things we can learn from this. I don't know if you can see the writing there. But I want you to know today that Christ is with you in any storm that you are going through. Verse 23 tells us that Jesus went up to the mountain to pray. He knew what was going on. He was the one who sent the disciples there. He sent them out on that lake. He's up on the mountain watching that little boat go through what it was going through. Watching them taking the time it took to row and frustrated them. He knows exactly what's going on. He is present with them, maybe at that point in spirit and not in person. But in the worst and the darkest hour, Jesus comes literally walking to them on the water. And he is present. That's a lesson we can learn today. doesn't matter what we are going through, whatever storm, we can know that Jesus is present with us. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You know these verses. You know these promises. But do we believe them? That he has not left us. The wind was contrary unto them. Isn't that a picture of life? Isn't that a picture of a pandemic? The winds were contrary to them. Isn't that a picture of our day and the gospel and the church of Jesus Christ? The winds were contrary to them. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what winds may blow. He is always with us. I love what somebody said. Your lifeguard walks on water. Now this is a powerful statement. Pastor Mike made this known to me many years ago and it changed my prayer life. Jesus prays for us. Jesus is up on the mountain. they facing a storm. And Jesus is praying. And he's praying for them. See, we we think prayer is is this one-way often. We act like it's a one-way conversation, and it isn't. It's two-way. But I think sometimes we lose sight of the reality that Jesus this morning, before your foot uh, touched the floor, when you got up this morning, Jesus has been praying for you. Jesus wants you to finish well. Jesus wants you to know that he is with you. Jesus wants to see you carried through to the other side. Jesus is with you and he is praying for you. You know how we know that? Romans 8.34, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also, what does it say there, interceding for us. That's one of his reasons to return to the Father. Oh yes, pour out the Holy Spirit, but it's also now he's right in the throne room next to Father God Almighty and he is there interceding and praying for you. Hebrews tells us that he is our high priest. And as our high priest, he's interceding on behalf for us like the high priest did. Think about the Day of Atonement. He would take the blood and put it on the horns of the altar so he could walk into the holy of holies and make atonement. Jesus Christ today is our high priest and once and for all he has poured his blood on those uh, on the horns of the altar and he is praying and interceding for us and interceding for his church. And so when I enter into a prayer meeting, I say, "Amen, Jesus, what are you praying for tonight and I want to be a part of that." That's what prayer is becomes exciting when I begin to think that I'm walking into Jesus' prayer meeting. What is Jesus praying tonight for me? What's he praying for my family? What's he praying for my church? What's he praying for West Prince? Jesus is praying for you today. So I don't know what storm you're going through, but Jesus is praying for you. And even in the storm, God can bring some good out of it. Praise God. It says in the passage that together, Peter and Jesus walked back to the boat and got into the boat. Can you imagine this? So he tries to walk on water. He gets his eyes off Jesus. He begins to sink. Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus grabs him. But now, together, the two of them walk on water and make it back to the boat. That's a powerful picture. Together, with the Lord, we can do the impossible. As long as we are with the Lord. we talked. I heard the Sunday school talking about that this morning, about the foundation. Church needs to be built upon Christ, Jesus. All that we need and do needs to be about Jesus. But we as the Church of Jesus Christ can do the impossible if we're walking with Jesus. And then, the rest who decided to be on the sidelines and watch all this... They say, Surely you are the Son of God. They have this theophany. They have this moment where God shows up for them and they now have a new understanding of who Jesus is. And so, in the midst of that, God is taking this situation and He is using it for their good. God can take any mess, God can take any storm. God can take anything you're going through and make it for your good. And he can make you stronger because of it. And your understanding of God, your understanding of God will be opened up in new and fresh ways because you are even facing a storm. But the key is going to be, what do you do in that storm? And so we can move, my friends today, from panic to peace. Peace. We can move from fear to faith as the worship team comes because Christ is with you in any storm that you are going through. The Lord Jesus himself today is praying for you and there might just be some good that God can bring out of this. I end with a story. John Wesley was walking with a troubled man who expressed his doubt as to the goodness of God. How can God be such a good God? I'm going through all these kinds of troubles and difficulties. I'm facing a storm, and how could God be good? I prayed, and my troubles are still here. Well, at the moment, John Wesley saw a cow looking over a stone wall. And we don't have any stone walls here, but the Griffins now have cows, and we can see them looking through the... Through the hole. (laughs) But in Wesley's day, the the cows were looking over the stone wall. (laughs) Do you know, asked Wesley, why that cow was looking over the wall? This is profound. No, said the man, who was worried and troubled and angry. Wesley said, the cow is looking over the wall because he can't see through it. That is what you must do with your wall of trouble. Look over it. You can't look through it. My friends, today, faith enables us to look past our circumstances, past our difficulties, past the storms we're facing. It'll actually help us to be able to make our worst fears our footstool, because Christ has already made them his footstool. We need to stay focused on Jesus. You know the great chorus. I know many times in my life when this chorus was said or sung, it changed my perspective. The situation didn't change. What changed was my perspective, my focus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Lord, we pray today that you would help us. Some of us have had our focus off Jesus. Now, there are definitely concerns. Even in a pandemic, there are concerns. And nothing wrong with concerns. Nothing wrong with being wise. Nothing wrong with being safe. But Lord, when those concerns turn into panic, when those concerns turn into fear, when things are happening in our families, when things are happening in our lives, when we hear of things happening in the political realm, the social realm, all of those things, in our schools, in our places of work, it is so easy for us to be terrorized. It is so easy for us to just be in panic and fear. But I thank you today, Lord Jesus, you did not give us a spirit of fear. Thank you, Lord. And so, God, I pray today that as we want to move from panic into peace, as we want to move from fear to faith, help us to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, Mm -hmm. the perfecter of our faith. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that we will have our eyes turned on Jesus in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Stand with us as we sing this great hymn of the church.